Welcome to the Red Words Podcast, where we pursue a personal relationship with God the Father and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Join us weekly as we deep dive into the dynamic and oftentimes curious Holy Spirit-inspired book of God's Word. In Revelation chapter 10, for the second time, we see the unique pattern of seven divided, with a pause between the sixth and seventh events. This time we get a glimpse of the sweetness of the Lord Jesus Christ's second coming and the bitterness of waiting for that precious moment. Here is Revelation chapter 10, verses 1 through 3. Then I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven, surrounded by a cloud, with a rainbow over his head. His face shone like the sun, and his feet were like pillars of fire. And in his hand was a small scroll that had been opened. He stood with his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land. And he gave a great shout like the roar of a lion. And when he shouted, the seven thunders answered. Is this the Lord Jesus Christ, or is this another mighty angel messenger from God? Scripture does not present a definitive answer. However, the description closely matches previous descriptions of Christ. He is surrounded by clouds, as he will be when he returns to earth. His rainbow crown is similar to the rainbow that surrounds God's throne. He has a face like the sun and feet like pillars of fire. He has a voice like a lion. And when he shouted, seven thunders responded. Add to all that, in Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, and Zechariah, Christ is identified as an angel of the Lord. And while all of these descriptions match the Lord Jesus Christ, on the other hand, the Greek is quite careful to state that this being is allos, which means another of the same kind, meaning identical to all of the other Revelation angel messengers who proclaim future events. Either way, this being holds the deed to earth with the seven seals opened. He stands upon the land and the sea, indicating his total command of earth and all its elements. John continues in verse 4. When the seven thunders spoke, I was about to write, but I heard a voice from heaven saying, Keep secret what the seven thunders said and do not write it down. Huh. A fascinating bit of information is offered here, as the seven thunders shared something important but we're not allowed to know. But why can't we know? We're already being given vast amounts of future information in the book of Revelation, but apparently this bit cannot be shared. And we don't know why. And we don't know what, nor does Scripture tell us when we will be told. We do know that John went to his grave with this wonderful bit of knowledge, while the rest of us must patiently wait to see what it's all about. No amount of speculation is worthy, however. For if God wanted us to know, he would have shared, just like he has already. What can be said is that God is love. His promises endure forever. Therefore, this information will be something special for those who love him. Verses 5-7 through seven continues. Then the angel I saw standing on the sea and on the land raised his right hand toward heaven. He swore an oath in the name of the one who lives forever and ever, who created the heavens and everything in them, the earth and everything in it, and the sea and everything in it. He said, 
there will be no more delay. When the seventh angel blows his trumpet, God's mysterious plan will be fulfilled. It will happen just as he announced it to his servants, the prophets. How many times have we witnessed a person placing their hand on the Holy Bible to swear their allegiance to tell the truth and then break that promise? More times than we care to admit, and unfortunately, some people are incapable of keeping promises. But God is different. He's proven repeatedly that he is always honest and true. God always keeps his promises, the biggest being his promise to save, redeem, and justify his beloved, highest creation through his Son. Father God promised that his Son would live forever, and Jesus resurrected and lived and stayed on earth to prove his resurrection was truthful. In front of many witnesses, the God-man, Jesus Christ, in his resurrected body, was lifted into heaven to sit at the right hand of his Father. People saw this occur, and God promises that the people of earth will see King Jesus return, just like he departed. Not only that, but God promises there will be no more delay in revealing his mysterious plan. So what is God's mysterious plan? We know from Scripture that there are many godly mysteries, but Revelation specifically deals with God's plans for what occurs after the Great Tribulation. The first plan is called the Millennial Kingdom, and the second is called the Kingdom of Heaven. The latter cannot take place prior to the former, and neither will occur until after God's judgments from the Great Tribulation are completed. Okay, so... Now we know what the plans involve, but what is their purpose? There are two purposes. The first is to repair the evil in the world that began when Adam and Eve sinned against God and ate the forbidden fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Think about it. God's creation was perfection. All within his creation lived accordingly. God provided everything to his plants fish, birds, animals, and to his original couple. The relationship between man and God and God's creation was good. In their innocence, Adam and Eve only knew love, beauty, truth, gentleness, kindness, bounty, provision, hope, and generosity. Adam and Eve had no knowledge of evil but God knew that the tree of the knowledge of good and evil would release evil into his creation. And that is the reason God told Adam and Eve never to eat from that tree. It was God's one rule for the couple to live by. And if they broke it, they would no longer be immortal because evil can only be overcome by death. After consuming the fruit, the couple's eyes were opened to pride, egotism, egocentrism, narcissism, immoral behavior, lying, sin. The list is so incredibly long, but it clearly defines humanity to this day. And that is why God's purpose is to return man back to his original plan of goodness, God's perfect relationship between himself, man, and creation. And since history has proven that man cannot do this by themselves— God sent his Son to do it for them. God will eliminate evil through the power of the Lord Jesus Christ in three stages. 
The first is happening on earth right now. Believers are being separated from non-believers through their choice of accepting the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. At the end of the Great Tribulation, all those who choose Satan will be eliminated, and Satan will be locked in hell for almost a thousand years. Secondly, during that thousand-year time frame, Earth's believers will have children. These generations will live in near perfection, for they will not experience Satan's influence. What they will experience is man's sin nature that Adam brought into play when he ate the forbidden fruit. Those who refuse their sin nature and turn to King Jesus will remain on earth. Those who choose to succumb will be reunited with Satan when he is released from hell at the very end of the 1,000 years. Then they, along with Satan, will be eliminated. And third, the believers who come out of the 1,000 years will be in utter agreement with God. They will experience His loving goodness and protection forevermore. At this time, God destroys this old earth and replaces it with a new one. Now, circle back to the second purpose for God's mysterious plan. It is to fulfill the ancient prophecies that the Lord Jesus Christ will rule and reign as King of all creation upon the throne of David. For the Lord has never reigned on earth as its King. Okay, so how? How does all of this come about exactly? That is God's mysterious plan. Throughout history, believers have prayed for Christ's return. They have hoped and sought and begged God for King Jesus to return and reign on earth, sitting on David's throne in the holy city of Jerusalem. Time and time again, the Lord God has said, Be patient. For the gathering of his believers must take precedence so that no one who wants to choose him as their Savior is left behind. God knows the number of those who will choose him, and when that last person is gathered to his heart, he will release his judgments. Therefore, the tribulation and great tribulation must occur to wipe out evil. Following the seven-year period, the first of God's mysteries occurs. God's first mystery is for his son to rule and reign over earth for 1,000 years. At the end of the great tribulation, King Jesus will come through the clouds and take possession of earth. He will rule with an iron rod to eliminate all evil. This 1,000-year period is called the Millennial Kingdom. At the end of the Millennial Kingdom, God himself will eliminate any person who chooses evil and then God will reveal his final kingdom. God will destroy this current earth and bring down the new heaven and the new earth and the new holy city of Jerusalem. This new creation is everlasting, and it is called the kingdom of heaven. There, for the very first time, God, the Lord Almighty, will walk with his Son in plain sight for all to see. There will be no more suffering. There will be no more pain. There will be no more tears, injury, disease, famine, war. All evil influence will be gone forever. So, this messenger in Revelation chapter 10 is proclaiming yet another promise of these two events. 
called God's mysterious plan, and the messenger is saying there will be no more delay. God's plan will be fulfilled just as God has said it would throughout Scripture when he told his prophets to share it. And one such prophet is the Apostle John. So once again, John plays an active role in sharing what happens next, as we read in Revelation chapter 10, verses 8 through 10. Then the voice from heaven spoke to me again, Go and take the open scroll from the hand of the angel who is standing on the sea and on the land. So I went to the angel and told him to give me the small scroll. Yes, take it and eat it, he said. It will be sweet as honey in your mouth but it will turn sour in your stomach. So I took the small scroll from the hand of the angel and I ate it. It was sweet in my mouth, but when I swallowed it, it turned sour in my stomach. Eating a scroll is kind of weird, huh? But the reason becomes clear when John obeys. More than likely, none of us has ever eaten a scroll, but how many times have we eaten something wonderful that later turns sour in our stomachs? Whatever we ate didn't agree with us, and yuck, life is no fun for a while. This is what John experiences here. The joy and wonder of King Jesus' second coming is fantastic. The promise of King Jesus' millennial kingdom reign is outstanding, but the elimination of evil that must occur to bring about the fulfillment of God's mysterious plan, the events of the remaining judgments is bitterness through and through. Do you see the repeating pattern in the book of Revelation? Over and over, God is making it plain. There are but two choices a person can make, God's everlasting love and goodness or Satan's everlasting evil. For God created everything, including angels. God's highest-ranked angel was Lucifer, and in his pride and egotism, egocentrism, narcissism, deceit, and hate, Lucifer turned against his creator and told God he would rise above him and become the God of the universe. Except there's a huge problem with this concept. Lucifer is a God-created being, he can't rise above God Almighty any more than an infant can rise above his father. This isn't possible, because just like a newborn, Lucifer is under God's control. So to remind Lucifer that he does not have the power of God, God clipped Lucifer's wings and threw him out of heaven. God gave Lucifer a new name, one that fits him perfectly. Satan, it means destroyer the epitome of evil. When Adam ate that forbidden fruit, he unleashed every form of evil upon earth, and Adam imprisoned God's beloved creation within evil. Now, evil rules over earth, and from that moment on, earth started to die. People and animals and birds and fish and plants all originally created immortal, die because evil always ends in death. God told Adam he would die if he ate the fruit. But God's creation was originally immortal because death is outside of God's goodness. So God had to make a way for mankind to be removed from eternal death and come back to God's original goodness and perfection. 
that way, truth and life, the only path back to being perfected, is through the love of the Lord Jesus Christ who came as a sacrifice for all mankind. Jesus died to banish sin. Jesus died so his blood could wash people clean from evil. Jesus died so humanity could be freed from their incarceration. Evil holds no power over those who accept Jesus' free gift of salvation. Jesus' death and resurrection redeemed original man's decision to choose against God. By choosing the Lord Jesus Christ, anyone can be saved from the final mystery, that of the second death, the death that determines where a person's soul resides forever. The choice is plain. Eternity with God or eternity with Satan. God offers everyone the opportunity to come within his protection. This is the pattern between good and evil. And this is the ultimate question set before every single human being. Choose God or choose Satan? A person's everlasting life depends upon this decision. And so, dear friends, take heed of the Holy Spirit-inspired Word of God today as you seek a deeper personal relationship with Him. Thank you for joining me and know that the Lord Jesus Christ loves you very much. And so do we. Until next week, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen and amen.